0: 17 southbound just past the turn turnoff as you are heading toward the fishhook to the connection to Highway 1 in town. No further details are available at this time. We will let you know during our next on-air broadcast traffic and weather hour. In Santa Cruz, a hit-and-run with no injuries was reported earlier this morning. It looks like units have just finished clearing that scene. It was at San Andreas Road and Bonita Drive. In Monterey at 4 Stender Avenue, a traffic hazard has been reported. Units have just finished clearing that scene. It looks like a Concord was blocking a driveway. In King City, a traffic hazard at County Road 17 at Clark Road. Looks like units are still assigned to the scene. The vehicle is partially blocking the roadway and has been abandoned by the motorist. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast weather forecast for today. Continuing with highs in the 70s by the early afternoon and sunshine breaking through. South winds are currently at 5 to 10 miles per hour. This is KSEO AM 1080 Santa Cruz, KMY AM 1340, La Selva Beach, Watsonville. Stay tuned for the Saturday special with your host, Scott Gold. Next, Saturday special is brought to you by Los Animas Concrete and the California Grill in Freedom. And now, here is Scott Gold.
1: Test, test. we you're you're good. Syllabus, syllabus, S- syllabus. Yes. Good morning, Scott Gold here, in sitting in for Michael Whirling, and I'm sitting with Kay Whirling right now. Kay, good morning.
2: Good morning to you.
1: How Scott. are you doing this morning?
2: Wonderful.
1: I noticed you didn't have your chauffeur today. N-
2: not the same one.
1: Not the same. There you go. <laughs> What are are you going to be doing today?
2: Well, I'll just be listening and talking a little bit with you just to let my fans know that I'm here. And
1: signing books, of course. Of
2: course. Uh, I'll be very happy to do that. If they want to come and chat with me, I'll be here until noon. I'm
1: hoping that uh, some of the people, uh, the folks down at the Pleasure Point Street Fair will wander down. It's not very far, but... uh, (laughs) I was just up there this morning helping some of my uh, clients set up, and, and it, it seems to, it appears to be becoming a quite a, a, big, a big, big deal, deal. yes. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. they were saying that they have about 5,000 people that show up to oh, that today. Wow. So if you are going to the Pleasure Point Street Fair, which is supposed to be just a great time, it's between 41st you and 38th it Avenue. It's blocked off. It's on Portola. Uh-huh. And then just walk down and get a book signed from Kay.
2: Yeah. And...
1: And I also believe I think I believe Dave Michaels is coming down too. Yes. And he'll be here selling, making deals out uh, yeah. of the garage.
2: We'll, all right. <laughs> we'll be having a lot uh, of fun do we have enough Do we have enough books?
1: Because I know that's five thousand people. If we can even get maybe ten percent of them to come down and sign. Oh, books. that would be very nice. <laughs> so if you are going to the the Pleasure Point uh, Street Fair, please come down okay. and have a book signed from Kay. Thanks. You're Scott. welcome. Yes, and uh, hopefully you can. Uh, you've been a sort of an entrepreneur yourself,
2: uh huh.
1: And hopefully you can uh, chime in on some of the guests that we have today. I was inspired last week from oh, uh, Michael's show. Oh,
2: I'm not show. sure who's going to be on. Do you know? Oh
1: yeah, I do. Well, I got what, a whole. What? I got a star-studded cast you of. You want uh, to tell us? Young, young, uh, and actually some young and older entrepreneurs themselves and local businesses and kind of explain what they're doing in Scotts Valley, Santa Cruz, and how they're bringing business back here. So Wonderful. It'll be a great time. And if you guys have any questions about starting a business, networking, um, any of the above, or, you know, they have an incubator up there. If you want to present them a business, they'll be able to get on the phone today. So, And I notice that uh, we're going to start the show officially here with the official... Uh, Saturday special intro. I know he's pointing at me. Music. <laughs> Hold on. I just got to click on this play. Oh, that's funny. The the uh, Just so you guys know, I'm not the most uh, computer savvy person. Um,
2: You're doing fine. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't get the... Push uh, the
2: right button.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the right button. I can't get it onto the right screen. If they only had one monitor here. I love it. I can't get it over there. Here they come. The cavalry is here. Oh, there you go. Good. Did you push it or you want yeah, me to push probably. it? Yeah.
3: You're oh. all set.
1: What's that? You're all set. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Here we go. Let's start the show off right.
4: Good morning. A brighter day is here. Good morning. May we bring
2: you cheer. We've got time, we've got tunes, we've got time, tunes, and temperature. Get up
5: and go, it's today you know, on KFCO Radio.
1: Quite official, official, good morning to the Saturday special. I really, really appreciate Michael's whirling for letting me come in today. I was inspired, like I said earlier, I was inspired by last week's show with Rich Novak. Uh, he is, I consider him a mentor myself. He's given me a lot of tough love over the years with my uh, endeavors. Nothing quite as big as what he's been doing, and for as long as he's been doing. But the funny thing about, uh, <coughs> excuse me, entrepreneurship and I don't think a lot of people ask about the tough times or the times that, uh, the times that you got to get through to make a business happen. And I, I know for a fact one of our guests today is Andy Van Veyler. And I know he's going to, uh, he's going to have some stories for us about that. Okay, along Scott, with, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> how, about, how about that?
6: Hey, Scott, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Andy. I know you've got some straight, uh, there are some good stories about that, too, about making it through. How do you make a business from start to finish? And and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I'm sure you know you could go a little bit briefly about what how you started and who you used to work with and all that.
6: Well, wow. uh, my whole journey into entrepreneurship started when I was really young. Uh, part of it was that whole generation that uh, our parents didn't give us anything. We had to earn it, at least in my family.
1: Yeah, I know that one.
6: Yeah, so if I wanted my BB gun, I had to go out and earn. I had to go sell newspapers or uh, garden seeds and all that kind of stuff.
1: I still have some IOUs that uh, when my mom had borrowed money from me to pay some bills and stuff, and she'd borrow money, usually pay back with some interest, but I still have some IOUs in there that she never paid me for.
6: <laughs> yeah, so most of us started at a young age uh, mainly because of our parents, I think, in a lot of way, and probably that era. And uh, I started really young, uh, even cleaning bottles of wine and taking labels off things, and it just kind of goes from there. And you know, it's interesting how people look at things and go, "Wow, you're an instant success." And I don't know a lot of businesses. There's some that were instant successes. I think
1: I think that is the uh, the idea that is stuck in people's heads. They they say, "Man, look at look what you have. You just, just like it just happened." They don't realize how many nights you cry yourself to sleep, or you
6: the you, ten years of experience it took to get there.
1: Yes, putting everything on the line. So where did you where did you where did you start?
6: Actually, I think the the real part of my journey started when I was uh, working at an eyeglass manufacturer for Mr. Kim, uh, it used to be called CSC. and late at night I would drop his glasses off. Uh, to UPS, and I saw these boxes that said Turbo Rascal. And I said, what is what is that? And I... Uh, oh, man. Amateur. I saw an ad uh, <laughs> in the paper, and I went and checked it out. And I started with a company called Borland. So I was their eighth employee. And it was a great ride because it was one of those guys that just said, hey, I'll do that. I'll do that. Can we try that? And they were great enough to let me do that.
1: I always knew you, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... The stories have always been that you were uh, Philippe Kahn's right-hand man.
6: Well, I don't know if I was his right-hand man. Left-hand man. Uh, one of the ways that I think survived that whole uh, launch is that there's always a person between me and him. Uh, he's a very demanding guy. Very. Uh, he's got a vision, and he drives that vision.
1: Really? Tell us more. You
6: know, it's kind of interesting. When you work with people You can't throw that that, out there and not
1: expect us to think there's some.
6: When you work with people like that, I mean, even when you talk about jobs and their vision, and some people out there, they criticize people like that. And I kind of see it in some ways differently because some of these visionaries, even some of the businesses we work uh, with today, they know what can be done. uh, They know how to get it done, and they believe it can get done. And when you have people that you bring in your team and they don't see the vision or they don't think it could be done, I mean, you, Scott, as an entrepreneur, what would you do?
1: You have to do it. No matter what, you have to get it done. And sometimes I look back at, you know, even t- you know, 10, 20 years and so many nights, like last night, for instance, nothing's changed, by the way, <laughs> going through a divorce probably because of some of this stuff, but. Nothing's changed. Last night I was working till one thirty in the morning, trying to get a bunch of stuff done. Ultimately, looking back, did I have to do it? No, I didn't have to do anything. But did I want to? Yes, I did want to. And I always figured that if I do a little bit more, I'll be a little bit farther along. And I know people think that it's about money or it's about possessions or th- it's not. It's it's a weird thing. I've been trying to think about it all week when I was thinking about this show. What drives someone to continue to move forward? What drives someone to want something so bad and you can't really put a label on it? It's, I get an idea and I have to do it. I don't know. I look back at the money I spent on some of these things and it's like, oh my God, what's wrong with you?
6: But I think it starts with passion, right? Yes, I mean, you does. definitely have a goal. I mean, I've stayed <clears throat> up till two o'clock in the morning and I get up at six, but I'm excited because there's something I want to do. And I think. Uh going back to one of the lessons I learned was when I was younger, I would look at people like uh jobs and gates and and Philippe and not understand where they're coming from, but the second that I had to step into their shoes and I was running my own company with my own vision and my own my own intents right. And I try to work it out with people, and try to be the person that said, "Okay, let's let's work this out. Let's try to figure out how to make this work with different personalities and people that didn't want to see my vision or had a different vision." Uh, to realize that I soon became that person. That. But
1: can you say that with every one of those great people that you mentioned, they always had a great team or a great person, like you said, a buffer? That someone that you can't do it alone. I've tried it. Trust me, I've tried.
6: No, I actually wrote a book about the power of three. It's all about that. I've never seen a person or a business be successful without a team behind them. And team and your network is so important.
1: Yes, network is probably one of the most important. If you don't have a network and you don't know how to network, you don't know how to talk to people, you don't know how to get your idea beyond just out of your head and into other people's head, uh, you've got to – we're going to talk about your incubator and that and what an incubator is, is – Basically, a place to sprout an idea.
6: We've seen some phenomenal companies come um, in the last 20 years that I've been doing this. And it's interesting. Personality and your team is, like you said, the most important thing because you'll have these people that have this, this awesome idea. But if they can't communicate it, if they can't go out there and build the team to help them get it out, because we all have different talents. Yeah. right? It doesn't happen. I've seen – probably four or five phenomenal ideas that, that hit the floor and didn't go anywhere just because the person didn't want to share their idea or wanted to hold it so tight they couldn't share or build a team.
1: I'm not a, I'm not am not as educated as anyone in the room, but I read all this different stuff and the statistics of taking an idea from your idea to actually making it and putting it on the market. Let's say it's a product or it's something you know, any idea that has to go to the market at some point. But to get it there, only 2% ever make it past just the idea stage. And only of those 2%, I think it's like .04 of the 2% are ever successful. I mean, it's, it's a fraction of – if there's a million ideas, like four of them are successful or something like that. It's so crazy the amount of work and how hard it is to bring it there, not just to the idea to get it to actual functioning stage, to – Marketing, I mean, I've seen things that are horrible that are marketed, right? And they sell like, you can't believe. And you're like, this is the worst thing ever. And they sell it. You know, for instance, the pet rock. I know. It's a great, I know we all use that one, you know, the pet rock. But when I was a kid, you'd kill for a pet rock. You know, you'd rob a kid for one. I don't know what, and then you'd get one. It's got some straw and some hay in there and it's in a box and it's a rock. And it was the worst thing ever once you
6: had it. Oh, remember the little seahorse thing? You put the water in with a little, and you got your seahorses? Yes. And we all bought those, oh, yeah. and we
1: watched them grow. So you can market anything. So talking about the team, let's let's introduce your partners here. I think they're all your partners,
6: correct? They are. Yes. Uh, we have Ian Utile and Sean Terrio.
1: And Ian, introduce yourself and give us a brief background real quick. This is an opportunity, too, by the way, for everyone out there. This is a great opportunity to... Uh, call in, and we're going to have it opened up here at some point, to start voicing some of your ideas, or start getting an idea, or learning how to network, and that's probably the first phase of networking, is calling in and getting some information from these guys, because they, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead and tell me what you do.
7: Yeah, good morning, so my name's Ian, and I'm a local here in Santa Cruz, so I've been an entrepreneur for about 15 years, started different things, been part of a lot of startups, mostly tech stuff, and uh, mostly involved on the marketing, promotion, PR, sales side, And uh, Andy and I have known each other for uh, pretty much my entire career, so he's been a great coach and mentor to me. And over the years, as he's kind of guided me along uh, the hurdles and the victories that I've been able to experience, uh, we eventually talked about, hey, what if we did this for other people? What if we created an incubator, an accelerator? Well, back
1: up a second. You have have successes in... Sure. Startups and start with that. What is you know the companies you started with you? Sure, yeah. I mean, the you're, first, passing, uh, you're passing some of that by. You got to dear you a little bit. Here. Yeah,
7: I mean, well, I've had a lot of fun uh, failures. I started an <laughs> art company, that was uh, that was fun and a failure. Um, started some e-commerce uh, type companies and um, realized it was a bear to sell things online. Um, one thing that was a lot of fun early on, I got involved in a uh, web content management company. So kind of at the forefront of uh, websites being able to give access to an enterprise company to kind of build and control their own site. That's called Grazing. That was a pretty large company in Santa Cruz. So I was there early on. We grew to about 65 employees. Um, I was able to kind of help AT&T transition from Yellow Pages to yellowpages.com, which was a great season uh, in in how marketing was changing. And Google comes in with their AdWord program and, and things were just dynamically changing season over season. Uh, Recently, something that was uh, a great experience, I started a software company with a friend, and uh, it was a company called Kukui, so we still have our headquarters over in the Silicon Valley. So I was there for a few years. We transitioned from a service company to a software company, did really well, started serving local businesses. In fact, our first few clients were here in Santa Cruz, and then we went to Monterey, and then we went out to San Francisco Bay, and we eventually built out nationwide, so we kind of started at home. And that's gone really well. Uh, that company has, I don't know, 85 employees, and we've done some great things. So I've had a lot of fun doing different things, mostly around technology. Right now, I run a branding and marketing company called Gorilla Branders. So I have about a dozen employees uh, on staff here uh, in where we are offset in Scotts Valley. So I enjoy it. I mean, I'm. I'm how, in, how many hours a week do you work on average? It goes day to day. So you know, uh, I try to take the weekends off. Uh, so I can spend time with my young kids. I have a one- and five-year-old and right. a wife that I want to stay married to. <laughs> and uh, oftentimes I'll get up at 4 a.m., get into the office between 4.30 and 5.30, and I'll work until 5 or 6. I, it's not uncommon to put in a 13-, 14-hour day consistently. Right on. But I enjoy it. The day goes by like that. Just it's so you guys gone. know,
1: uh, he's well-spoken, but he actually makes me feel comfortable the way he dresses. I actually...
7: Yeah, man. I mean, if you could see If you could see him... <laughs>
2: I feel better I'm about it. Just, how I'm just I dress. a guy. <laughs> it's not wearing a suit or anything no, no, by no. any means, and no. if you guys
1: know me. You know I don't dress yeah. accordingly, I guess you should say. So, and today you are with Ian or with Andy. Sorry, Ian. Yeah. And you guys are up in Scotts Valley, and you guys opened up a incubator. Yeah,
7: yeah. I mean, the the way I I kind of explain incubator, I think is um, for us, it is either entrepreneur with an idea. Maybe they don't have a team, maybe they don't have a business, maybe they don't really know where they're going, but they have this idea, they want to get to a minimal viable product. Like, how do I actually build something? This person can come in, tap into the network that Andy and Sean and myself and our network have built, the resources that we've compiled, and the coaching available to them, and they can go from idea to business. Or, if they have a business they're trying to scale and grow and get to that next level, double their staff, triple their income, whatever whatever their big um, thing that they're trying to get to, they don't know how to get there. They can come in, we can help them scale. So I, I love what we're doing. Uh, Andy and I have, have known each other uh, for a long time. Sean and I have worked together for the last few years, and I think it's a great team, the three of us. Uh, you know, I I just like to be the hype guy, right? Just like, <laughs> how do how do you get compensated for this? Well, this is a new thing. You know, sometimes it could take years to yeah. be compensated for. A new well, business. I'm just saying, like sure. I, I I'm
1: a big fan of the new uh, HBO show uh, Silicon Valley yeah it's Mike yeah. judge's show it's awesome and yeah, it's great. like Ehrlich Bachman owns ten percent of Pied Piper because he had an incubator it right. makes me laugh but I love that show because right. <laughs> one of the guys that we uh, work with one of our partners is uh he went to the doctor just like one of the episodes and the guy was the doctor was pitching him on an app yeah. he works for Yahoo and it's just the doctor it, it's like the scenes in that show are real it's totally real. I don't yeah it's it's scary yeah yeah but So there's got to be some sort of compensation.
7: Well, sure. We have several ways of generating revenue at Slingshot. Um, We have some flexibility in how we work with entrepreneurs. We try to find out what they're trying to accomplish, what their timeline is, if they have a budget uh, that they can put forth. And there's some flexibility in how we approach it. So I'd say it's a custom way that we approach each business. But we have a few ways of generating income and of scaling our own incubator, our own accelerator, Uh, because in the same way, we're a brand new startup as well. I think
3: one of the key things is that we're not just a traditional – yeah, sorry, Mm -hmm. sorry, Sean Terrio here. Uh, We're we're not a traditional – people think of incubators and they'll say, oh, so you're putting money in and you're trying to grow these companies with your own money. Um, We may do that down the road, and that's in in our plans, but right now – Um, you know, individually, we're making decisions on whether or not we want to put money into companies. And we have a network of investors that we've worked with in the past and that we have relationships with. So when there's a specific need for with a company, and we can tie that to a specific uh, passion or expertise or whatever it might be with an investor, then we'll make those connections. So my
1: own experience, I've been to your guys' office a couple times, a nice facility. I know you're just putting it together now. There's talks of a TV show. We'll talk about that. But one of the things that I learned is I've been going along here and I've been scammed so many times in so many different ways. You know, what I mean? every every one of, of us here has, you know, been promised all this stuff. And it, so, are you guys saying that you're more result driven on this company? Meaning, like, there's so many companies that you could come into and they say, oh yeah, come in here, we'll do this, pay us this, we're gonna get you this, 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 and this. You're gonna by by this time next year, you're gonna be a millionaire and you're gonna have this. Oh, you're not even gonna know which which. Uh, car to buy and you know, you hear all that stuff. Would you say that there's opportunities to go in there and you guys are more result driven and then you take part of the results? Is that true?
3: It depends. Again, it depends on the business, right? So if Andy's going to be directly involved and he's going to serve more of, uh, as an advisor to the company, um, and he 's going to be spending you know more than just an hour or two a week with a the client then there 's going to be a conversation about, hey, how do we integrate this as as more than just a you know a fee fee based return right And with a lot of these early growth companies they don 't have the money to begin with anyway right yes. so to tap our networks right which as you know, the value of a network that 's where the true value comes in and so whether your 're food services business, a software business. Um, Whether you have a small business locally in Santa Cruz or Scotts Valley or wherever, and you're just trying to grow it, each has a unique flavor, unique taste to it. So we're not making any promises to anybody. All we're simply saying is that we're good people, and we want to work with good people. We want to work with people that have high integrity, that are very transparent. And if you just look at our backgrounds, you look at each one of our networks and who we do business with yeah. and how we do business. Tell us about
1: yourself. We haven't
3: even got to you yet. Sure. Um, Your background and where you came from. So I'm I'm a transplant from Chicago. I came out here to go to Santa Clara University back in 98 and came out to Santa Cruz and just fell in love with this this town and this community. So I moved out here when I graduated in 2002 and really just never never went home. <laughs> never moved back to Chicago for uh, the chagrin of my parents. Um, but I... I've been an entrepreneur for better or worse since I was 19, so when I was a sophomore at Santa Clara, it was 99 and it was the heat of the the boom in in Scott in in Silicon Valley. So me and my buddy sat around and we said, "Hey, why can't we do what all these guys are doing? We should start a business." You know, how can we convince people to give us money so that we can start a business? And so we did. Uh, we started an e-commerce company that was focused on the college space. And so I did that from the time I was 19 until I was 24, 25 years old. Who was that company? Uh, it was called All Dorm, A L L D O R M dot com. Um, doesn't exist anymore, and it's a long story that we can talk about maybe.
1: Was it a time. failure or a success?
3: Uh, it was a success in a lot of ways. It was, it was, hands down, the best learning experience I could have ever had in my life. Um,
1: and, and successful entrepreneurs, and in, in, uh, if you guys want to read, I don't know if you ever read that book, Failing Forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's it say? You can find, and you have to find, positives in everything, and learn from the bad things. But you don't, you know, not, not one of you is denied having failures. Right. You know. It's part of the. I've process. had horrible failures.
6: Yeah.
1: Like Andy, I said, I cried myself to sleep.
6: <clears throat> I think I think all of us have failed. Yes. And that's where you get your best learning. I I'm think.
1: failing right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm failing at radio. Some
6: of my best learning was actually uh, if you look at Borland and some of the other companies we started, they grow fast and you learn you learn some when you're growing fast. But I learned the most when it was failing. It's hard to go through. But that's where I get a lot of my knowledge and wisdom from that help people.
1: Some of the biggest companies I've watched, and I think it was because Novak told me this years ago, he said, watch any business, it's a wave, it goes up and down. He says the businesses that are the most successful and the longest lasting realize the wave going down, adjust to it, go down and then ride it back up. And And come back stronger. Yes, and they continue to do that and they go like that wave's going up. And for a long time, I know he's told me a lot of good stuff, but I didn't really pay attention. You know what I, mean? I didn't, yeah, he's, he's He gives a lot of tough love and different, you know, there's a couple guys I know like that. But they've done it from experience. You know, I know every one of you guys has that person where you always go to them and say, oh, man, this is going on. I don't even know what to do. And the other thing is there's always three, at least three answers to every problem. You have to be able to sit there and look at the three and decide which one is best for that situation. So go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah, Sean.
3: So no worries. Uh, so for better or worse, I became an entrepreneur at a very young age and just kept writing that and kept working with startups. What
1: would you do after the uh, dorm commerce?
3: I, I can literally move. talk for hours about all the different things. I'd well, do. I mean, but, you can just... So I've, I've had uh, <laughs> denim. I had a denim line. Actually, if you've heard of Happy Santa Cruz, I had a company in town called Happy Santa Cruz where we had clothing line and we had stickers and we had a website where people were posting why Santa Cruz makes them happy. Um, I was on the board of uh, Santa Cruz Next, which is the local uh, alternative chamber of commerce in town that ran for about a decade that uh, Ryan Coonerty and Caleb Baskin and a handful of other folks started. Um, Santa Cruz Geeks back in 2007, 2008, I was one of the original people that got that up and running and started back in the day. I uh, was one of the very first people over at Next Space and helped get that up and running and started. Um, Professionally, I've been working in high-tech and IT, so I've been a mentor and investor in a lot of different software companies and technology companies based over in Silicon Valley. Um, I got the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship up and running at Santa Clara University. Um, you know, there's just a lot of different things that I've done, both here from a professional standpoint and an economic development standpoint, throwing events up at UCSC, um, downtown Santa Cruz, whatever it might be. So for me, I... I, I I'm very blessed to be married to a woman who has a lot of patience um, and has taught me that just because I have an idea and I can't execute on it doesn't mean that I should <laughs> all the time. And so she she's helped me choose my battles um, and helped me realize that the, the power of my focus is like a laser beam, right? And if you can focus on one thing or just a handful of things – you can be so much more effective than focusing on like ten things at, at a time, right? So yeah. the biggest learning that, that has occurred for me over the last fifteen years of of me being an entrepreneur is really targeting and focusing my energy on one or two things versus like five or six things. Not because I can't be successful at all five or six of those things at it's once. You can't be as successful. You just can't be as successful. I've been doing
1: that myself and I think Andy and I talked about that where I've I've got all these great ideas, and I have all these things I want to right. do. And as Shiny I get older, I'm everywhere. just like, slow down, just do this, get this in order, and then you can go from that. If you can do this, and you you got to set up goals for yourself. And once you hit those goals, you got to be able to say, all right, I'm rewarded now. I get to do this, or, you know, if I had my way, I'd sit around all day and build race cars and hot rods, and I would have fun, you know, just doing stuff I like to do. Yeah, I'd I
3: think like that's important. Is I'd like to having get paid fun. for that actually.
6: <laughs> so Scott, I think that's We're, important to have fun.
3: And well, I think it's a passion. For, yeah. It
6: is. I mean, it, that's what overcomes when you're going down, a company's not doing well or you have challenges. Uh being able the only thing that's going to help you overcome that is loving what you do. If you don't love what you do, it becomes real difficult.
1: We're getting ready. We got to take a uh, news and traffic break. here. No, nope, not yet, huh? Half hour. All right. We're going to continue on. Right. I'm that's sorry. I thought every 30 minutes or every 20 minutes was to a break. Like I said, I I'll be the first to admit I'm not the greatest radio man. So you went from that – You went now you're – how did you end up with Ian and Andy? How did sure. you end up here in so, Scotts Valley? You guys got a – if you guys could see, I'm sure you can go up and visit the facility up there.
3: Yeah, we're at 5500 Butler Lane right behind the Scotts Valley Market, so we'd, we'd love for anyone to –
1: Are you involved with Gorilla Marketers?
3: Uh, so – Ian, that's Ian's business is Gorilla branders. I have two Gorilla businesses. branders. I'm sorry. No
1: worries. The reason why is because he's not doing a good branding job of the uh, slingshot right now. You didn't throw out the, the web address, the address. We will. We will. We've got. We've got an hour and a half,
3: so we, we could. No, you yeah. got to do it, all it over time. and over. All right. Come on. All is it slingshot Slingshot SV. If you go to slingshotsv.com, um, our site is up. It's active. We're going to be adding some more content to it. Um, and as Ian said, you know, we're really trying to work with two different types of businesses, those who have an idea and they want to grow that idea and figure out, hey, is this viable? Uh, we want to get them from, hey, I have an idea, to, yes, this is viable, or, hey, let's try something else as quickly as possible. Or, hey, I have an established business and I have a proven business and I want to scale this thing to the next level and I don't know how to do that, right? So really the value that, that Andy, Ian, and I bring to the table is that we have networks of resources, at the end of the day, right, yeah. that can cover you no matter where you are in that process, whether you're an enterprise business that's growing and scaling, whether you're you know, just taking things from, hey, I, I've proven my business and I want to take it to that next level, or you're, hey, I have an idea, right? So whether it's uh, design, uh, web development, legal, bookkeeping, uh, accounting, uh, you name it, we have those networks of, of individuals, consultants, firms, uh whatever it might be, that we can bring to the table to help companies get where they need to be faster at the end of the day. So I
6: think if, what we are really good at is there's other places that will help someone start a business. I mean, there's SCORE, there's SBDC, and they are fantastic um, organizations. But we get people to move faster. I and mean, one of the things we all know is we've got to get them into momentum, and you've got to enjoy what you do. So we do have set fees for an incubator versus an accelerator, right? And they get so many uh, coaching hours. Uh, And we have a bunch of tools that actually get them into movement. I mean, we're not going to have them fill out a 40-page business plan. I mean, it does no one any good. Uh, They can spend a lot of money, and most of these entrepreneurs only have – I think
1: if they could do that and really understand that part of the business, they would be in a different position, too, because I've done a couple business plans, and I – pull the, you know, the networking thing to help me do that because it's just brutal. That's a whole other skill set that's completely different. It and is. you guys do offer we do. obviously that. And
6: uh, one of the things that, that we're realizing is technology is changing everything. The money it cost just 10 years ago to do something is a third of the price, either in engineering, technology, all kinds of things. So things can move a lot faster. Uh,
1: I, I see that across the board with artwork too. Uh, designing a web, and, you know just like anything you get burned on different things, but it 's so competitive now because the the internet has opened up such a floodgate of talent that it 's just everyone 's competing in it you know in it 's a capitalistic form so that's what happens yeah. you want the job, I was going to do it for ten, this guy's going to do it for eight yeah it but
6: think right. that from a from a <clears throat> business standpoint, if you have an idea. You can turn that idea into a product really quickly, and you can be profitable very quickly. Yes, which is the number one. Go ahead.
3: Part, part of the value that we've seen the people that come through our, our space is they sit down and talk with us, and they're like, holy smokes, I can do this? So you're telling me I can actually do this, and you're telling me this I can do this for how much money, and you're telling me I can get this done within the next two weeks. Like I thought this was going to take way more money and take so much more time. And so really, a lot of what we do is we're we're you know sociologists and we're psychologists with these guys, and and women simply saying hey you can do this, you know giving them the the passion and encouraging them and walking them through step by step how to get through
1: there. Well, what's the worst decision? I and I see this in all these business guys. Just like you guys, a lot of people come and say, hey, what, I got to say, hey, what about this and that? The worst decision that I see is indecision. Yeah. No one, they can never make a decision. They're so afraid that if they move this there, then they, they, they I can't do that. If I move it back, I, I can't do it. So that nothing happens, and that's what I see in most businesses. Nothing's happening.
3: Paralysis through analysis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We get them moving. That's what
6: things we're talking about is momentum. Is we actually help them overcome most of that stuff and move them right along. Because what some people people just don't know what they don't know,
1: right? If you can admit, if uh, one of the things I know it took me a long time to swallow this pill was that if you can admit that I don't know everything and I don't, you know, I want to learn. I can find someone else to do it, but I'm just going to sit there and learn how to do it. I don't like to not know, but most of the stuff I have to network. Most of you know, 90% of what I do is networked out.
6: And I think that's what's great about the three of us. We all have very different histories, very different, uh, we're we're different ages. So we have different networks, different people. How old are you?
3: Let's be real, your your age is different than ours. I'm the young one. (laughs) Are
1: you? How old are you? I'm 52. Fifty two. Uh, I just turned thirty four yesterday. Oh actually. my god. Yeah. Thirty three. <laughs> well, I'm forty seven, so I guess you know Andy and I are kinda in the same boat over here. We're balancing oh, out yeah, the gray hair, the you know, distinguished look. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember thirty two.
6: So some of these people that come, they they come thinking these things, like Sean said, they're overwhelming to them, but because of our experience or because of our abilities, of all the experience we have, we go, oh, that's easy. Here's here's how you do that.
3: Or here, here's someone who's been through exactly what you're about to go through, and I think that's so key. I wouldn't be able to do, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I didn't meet people who had done what... I'm trying to do and have their advice and their counsel and say, oh, yeah, I've been through this. Here's here's what you need to look out for. Right. I don't need to take all their advice. They can you know, say, hey, this is how I handle the situation. I don't have to take that advice. But the, simply the fact that they've been through something similar allows me to envision, oh, wow, that's a possibility right? So I can actually make that happen. And I'm a big believer that people can only imagine themselves becoming and accomplishing that which they've experienced in some way, shape, or form, right? It may be through some esoteric dream that they might have of of them envisioning themselves doing something, or they had a father or an uncle, or they read a book or saw something on TV. Until you can see that and envision that happening, you're not going to be able to see how you can put yourself in those shoes. So our goal and our role with these people is simply saying, hey, it's a possibility. We want to introduce you to those people who can help you realize that possibility and understand how that, that can be a real, uh, an actuality for your whatever it is you're trying to manifest.
1: And what kind of businesses have come through there so far? You guys.
6: Oh, all kinds of different kinds. We've had food companies. We've had apparel companies, technology companies, people that are designing patents.
1: So you have several clients in there already or partnerships. I guess it would end up being more towards partnerships in this no, to some I, degree.
6: Some of these people, they just pay their fee. right? They pay their fee. We, uh, we really want to be a, a pass-through as fast as we can. Um, we help these companies. Some just need a little help. Some need more help. So we give them exactly what they need, and, and we get them moving on. So sometimes we don't take ownership in those
3: companies. So Andy, speak to a couple of the businesses that we're working with today. I think that's where he's really. Yeah. Trying
6: to so really... we've got Zena uh She has a sauce. So she's got a, a specialty sauce that's organic, natural. Uh, she was having some difficulty figuring out how to distribute her product. Where should she sell it? How does she make money? And uh, we helped her figure out her distribution model. So we have. Uh, we also have a patent that's coming through uh, for somebody that's got a really uh, cool device.
3: What is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tell
6: us. But there'll be a Kickstarter campaign on it soon.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. We want to keep it down low because we there's, uh, a, there's a lot of potential with this product, um, and we're all under NDAs with what he's about to take off and launch. And so we want to make sure that we don't step on any.
7: Sporting goods product? I'll
3: let Ian talk about this one. I don't know what we can and can't Yeah, say. I
7: mean, the big the big idea for this product is to give the general population a chance to make what they already have. In terms of, we all have different things we're used to using, and maybe make it more, uh, big, big, more significant uh, part of your life. I, I see. It's, uh, it's it, a machine that clones you. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's I get basically it. what it is. It's all like right. the cloning device. It's a cloning device. device. I got it. <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to keep <put> it general <laughs> enough <laughs> to where people could just kind of imagine what it is that they want. <laughs> My mind went. Totally uh, I was going for the. I was going for the hope <laughs> campaign that Obama ran on in 2008. Just. <laughs> Uh, whatever it is that they want. The one one thing I was going to
1: really concentrate on here, and I I appreciate because I listen to the station all the time, and I appreciate the listeners and what they've had to go through over the last three or four weeks with this uh, drive time show. And, you know, and every Saturday special ends up talking about that and the politics and it's just, uh, you know, so we're going to stay away from Obama. I did want to make some slams uh, (laughs) to Sean because he's from Chicago and, I, did, I wanted to bring that up, but I just had to bite my tongue. So, yeah. staying away from Obama today.
7: Yeah. I mean, we do have a lot of businesses that we're already working with actively. I, I do think there's two ways for a business to approach Slingshot. And again, we say we're an accelerator, we're an incubator, but the fact is there's a lot of accelerators and incubators all over the San Francisco Bay Area, all over the nation. There's only one Slingshot. And Slingshot really defines TM. what it is that we do. We bring a business in and we slingshot them to success, we slingshot them to a minimal viable product or to scaling their business. There's two ways people can approach us. They can approach us as a partner vendor, they pay us for our services. Uh, We do have the sense and the environment and the community of a partnership, but we're being paid for our coaching, our resources, our time. Or they could approach us as more like a partner investor, partner advisor. And that's where some flexibility comes in. And so it's a it's a custom solution that we build around each company we work with. So why didn't you start this, you know, 10,
1: 15 years ago when I was really in full swing and had to do all this and
3: learn all this myself? Because 10 years ago, I was 24 years old, and I was young, dumb, and stupid, All right, as was Ian. And he wasn't so young, but he, you know. He hadn't gone through a lot. Andy He's actually probably did traveling help, me, the world did help
1: me as much as he could back then. Yeah, Andy was probably
3: retired.
6: I
1: thought I knew everything, and I was just kind of chasing it. I don't know.
6: Yeah. Well, that's I mean, kind of the fun of entrepreneurialism, right? Is you also think, hey, I know it all, kind of. Right now, I'm at the top of my game, and then life has a way of saying, no, you're not. There's a whole bunch more to learn. There's
1: a lot more to learn. Yeah. Go. Who's going to go into a little bit about Slingshot Junior? Because that's the one that also interested me. That was actually really cool. Because we do a lot of stuff with the schools and the high schools and the junior highs with our company.
6: Yeah, that's always been a passion of mine. Uh, One of the challenges we have in the school system, and we won't talk too much about that, is uh, how do we raise our kids and teach our kids about business? And there's really nothing in schools now to teach them about entrepreneurialism.
1: With that said, I'll just give you a segue on that. Um, Someone made a comment about that Not just my kids, a couple of their friends, and the comments and the the negativity that 's that 's kind of run into these kids at this point, and i 've seen it, and other people have seen it, and we 've talked about it where they 're so beat down that they don 't see like that they can go out and do just about anything, and they can do anything this is america there 's a reason why uh, you know how many people come in here every year legally illegally, still the number one company for why do you want to come to America? Why is this country so great? Free enterprise is the number one reason. The land of
6: opportunity. Yes. It's right.
1: Right? It the land of opp- It's still the land of opportunity, but how do we get the kids? And that's, I think, why Slingshot Jr. is so interesting to me.
6: Oh, and kids and our youth has always been something of interest to me. Man, a lot because of how I grew up, right? And I don't see that same opportunities being presented to our kids. I mean, because I did grow up and I was told I could be anything I want. I could do anything I want. Middle school, we had all kinds of experiences, so I could go fly a plane. I went to see rockets. I got to go hiking all over the place, and our kids don't see that. You had a different
1: childhood than I did. (laughs) I just remember differently. I was working from 11 on. I think I I got arrested for uh, Grand Theft Auto twice and perjury when I was 16. Got a DUI when I was 16. I, before I even had my license, I got a DUI right over up the street here.
6: Yeah, well, there's some of that going on. A little show. different,
1: man. It was, I figured out a way to lien sale abandoned cars to myself, and I was fixing up and selling them. And it was legal in the county, and the the county actually changed, and the state changed. The DMV changed the laws, and the county changed. It used to own to the center of the street, so if you parked your car and left it for a certain amount of time in front of someone's house, you could get the people to fill out the lien sale papers and Go legally, I did it legally, but it was a gray area, and they—I got arrested a couple of times, and they—I got no charge. I got charges dropped and all that stuff. But they changed the laws because of that. So, I was saying,
6: but look at you now—you're an hiking. entrepreneur.
1: I didn't go hiking or you know, I was fixing up cars. Yeah, that just and meant that them. you were an entrepreneur <laughs> at an early age. I mean,
3: I, I like 90% of the entrepreneurs I know have those types of experiences when they were—you know, you just tra- you push the envelope, and
1: even the alcohol company—the patents from the alcohol company that we own—and. I always wanted to buy beer and spirits together. That's how it started, and they said it's illegal, and I I wasn't willing to stay with that. Everyone, even the big companies, came to me, and the the reason why we launched our own products to begin with was proof of concept to show, because none of the companies would, Budweiser wouldn't allow me to package their product, because they said it's illegal. You know, Bud and Jack would say, no, you can't put it in there, because you can't sell it on the shelves. So I had to go and manufacture our own products. Put them in the package. Put them on the shelf and go see. And then now we got, like, we're partners with Sapporo and with, uh, I think, Patron and uh, Jaeger. You know, they're all putting their stuff in it now. But it, it was such a battle to prove it, and it was basically in that gray illegal area. Or, you know, you had to change the laws and get them to do it. So.
6: But you had a passion for it. I mean, I, that's for what I think is missing in our kids is they're being uh, go through school and all these things. And uh, what's helping them? Realize their lives and what's helping them understand. So how
1: do you gonna do? How do you do that in Slingshot Junior? Do you give them projects? You, what's the program based on?
6: We have some amazing kids in this county that already have ideas. So we're trying to figure out exactly how that's going to work, uh, because we already have a number of kids that want to come through with these ideas. Um, they just don't have anywhere to to facilitate the, their idea to a to a vision to something to a product. So. We want to help these kids take their visions. And there's a lot of kids out there that are, we'd call troubled kids. Uh, they're not troubled kids in the sense they're that they're really intelligent. They're very intelligent bored. and they're bored. Yeah. They're bored. So we want to give a place for these kids to do good things. I think the pillars of uh, Slingshot Junior is really about integrity, honesty, and ethics. We want to start, start right there. Right, and teach these kids that that's important, and there's there's not much education in that. And let's take your idea, let's help you build a, a company out of it, right, and let's <laughs> get you profitable. Let's show you how to do good things with the money. We have uh, some people coming over from Silicon Valley that are in their early 20s that are multimillionaires, right? That didn't follow the traditional uh, steps that everyone wants them to go through. They're going to show them like, hey, this is this is why I did what I, I did. I think
1: that's why I always done everything I've done is because they said you can't do it, or you know, I. I got. It. I obviously became a police officer at one point, and I did it because someone said I couldn't do it. I think that's that was the reason common. why. I made a bet, and I yeah. said, "I'll bet. I, yeah, I can, and I'll do it." And yeah. I did. And it, you know what I mean? That's. I think a lot of these kids are the same way, where they say that. I had an idea one day. I, mean, I had A lot of ideas. And he looks at me like, "Really? You had an idea?" <laughs> no, I had a great app for my phone, and this was when I was married, and. What it was, was I was tired, and I say this now, but I was tired of getting calls nonstop from the wife, and I thought, man, I want an app that I can hit it, and it goes to like static, or it cuts in and out, you know, (laughs) I can't, so anytime she'd call, it would go staticky, (laughs) or just, like that, and and then I wouldn't have to take her call and it wouldn't that, that, so then if I didn't take the call she'd be pissed and this way I could just do it. And I thought that was a great app. And I'm sure someone did it by now. But you come up with some of these ideas out of necessity, right? right. I can say that now, you guys can, because you guys are all married and you're just you're you know, you're a slave to the machine, not me. <laughs> I can say all these things now, my like conscience free.
6: So the other thing I think that makes a huge <laughs> impact in all of us was mentorship. Yes. I mean, when I was young, uh, and this is what we want to give our youth, uh, I came up with an idea of taking, you know, the little Mattel cars? Uh, yeah. I found a Porsche, and I said, oh, my God, this would be awesome if we could create a product, which is a keychain uh, for all the auto dealers over in, you know, San Jose and Saratoga, where I bought my Porsche or my Ferrari, and I had a matching car. So no one said, you can't do that. I didn't know I couldn't do that. So I called the president of Mattel. Flew down to L.A. with uh, a buddy of mine, actually my ex father in law, met with the president of Mattel, and I got to sit there. I, I, this was only like 15 years old. You oh, know, really? Sitting there with the president of uh, so Mattel. So this is like three or four it. years ago. Uh, four, five. <laughs> and again, it's it's that ability to n- not have these limits set on you, right? Mm-hmm. And and the guy at Mattel was fantastic. He was impressed. You know, here I am, a little kid. I don't know what I'm doing, and uh, and I. I didn't know what an NDA is, so when I walked in, I'm like, oh, and you have to sign this NDA. And he's like, I'm not signing any NDA. And I'm like, oh, how, do, how do I deal with that?
8: Yeah, you have that's to learn a tough all one. That,
6: right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I walked out, and that product didn't work. But kids need that. They need to know what's possible.
3: And well, that's that's to the it. key. Want, I mean, for any entrepreneur, yeah. that's so. That's you guys you're gonna set, maybe core, set yeah.
1: up like have a mentorship thing where they can they have someone that they get to choose or like, hey, this guy gets me. I can talk to him. Type we'll thing. have
6: special people coming in and talking, uh, giving classes about entrepreneurship. Uh, no, no. Uh, we're working on getting a three D printer. We're working on getting some really cool technology, some robotic stuff.
3: So they could actually prototype and. Yep. Oh, absolutely. That. Yeah. That's the other key is we have such a vast network of not just. Providers who can help with services, but other entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you know the LifeAid guys, Aaron Hine and yeah. Ryan Mellon, yeah. good friends of mine. Like, they are unbelievable mentors. Like, for people to say, Wow, you can." You took this idea of building it. I drink think they're good company. people. They're
1: good. They are really right. good people exactly. in LifeAid, and I've been watching that grow and grow. And right. their message is positive. The ingredients are positive. I like that. It's, right. you know.
3: And Danny Keith, I mean, the stuff that he's done and he, what he's doing with. Grant out hunger. I mean, th- there's so many different people in this community mm-hmm. that are doing
1: I don't think of myself as being a good mentor. I think I have too, too much to say. No, actually, I think, I think you're a good mentor. mentor. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be a realist of the, the past criminal history. <laughs>
6: Especially the kids in a lot of ways because, I mean, I think some of us don't have, probably have a similar background. We just haven't talked openly about yeah. some of it. Well, I
7: you're should. the type of guy, Scott, that I would have been looking for 15 years ago. So you can find guys like Sean and I when we're late teens, early twenties. Guys, we're rough around the edges. We're kind of anarchists. We're gonna do whatever we want. It's hard for people to sometimes work with us because we are driven and you know redlined. And we're looking for other guys like you at at that time where you could be a guiding voice. Remember Charles Barkley used to say, "I'm not a mentor, man. I'm not not a role model." You know, but he still is today, just like he was then. He just isn't on the field anymore. Now he's, you know, uh, you know, at ESPN or <coughs> doing different things. And so, men like yourself that have had success, that have a voice when you speak, people listen. You do have influence over people. And there's certain types of guys that are looking for men like you that can speak into their lives, speak into their businesses. So I hope that you uh, don't say are uh, if, don't say men like maybe mentors. Just
1: it sounds weird.
7: Uh, yeah, yeah, like a Craigslist ad and a men person. Men like you. Yeah. We're looking for men Men like like you. Oh, man. I mean,
3: Ian speaks truth. I mean, you you have to understand that. You have a position at this point and you have a success at this point. But I guess, like. Despite your background, you bring value to the table and you inspire other people.
1: It's hard to see that from my eyes because I'm like you guys. I look at. uh, It's not like you dwell on your failures, but you look at. uh, Every day I look at myself for some reason. And generally it's late at night or it could be one like last night, one thirty in the morning when I leave the shop or I leave the office. I leave and the one thing I say to myself, and I don't know why, and it's I've been troubled with this is could I have done more? Mm. Every day it's like I've not done enough or I don't know what the deal is and it, it 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 haunts me to a point where I haven't done enough or I haven't you know what I mean? I don't want to pass that on to someone where they feel so bad about what they've done in the past. They can't even you know they're I don't know, you've known a lot of people, you know a lot of people that are successful. Is there a problem with overachieving? Is there a problem with Never celebrating any victories. Is there a problem with, you know, where you can't really celebrate because you never are quite where you think
3: sure. you should be? I definitely, I'm plagued by that, right? So I've, I've been in sales almost my whole life and I'm an entrepreneur. So we're always selling, right? And the second that big deal closes, I'm stoked and people in my office will hear and I'll be yelling and screaming. And like five minutes later, someone will come into the room and want to celebrate with me. And I'm like, no, I'm past that. Like <laughs> I moved on from that success. I'm now like, what's the next deal? Let's get this next deal done, right? That's, you know, that's, I think, a place. And does
1: that happen? I don't know. I've been, because I've been thinking about this for a while, but is it glazed over because of you're so thick skinned from having failures and different things where you just, you're so afraid of success or being cocky or, you know, and I I think I'm the opposite. I'm not cocky. I don't go around and, you know, oh, I have this and I've got, look at my, my Enzo Ferrari and my this. I'm the opposite, if anything. I'm deathly afraid of failing. So I always work extra hard and never, you know.
3: Well, that's what's got you to where you are today, man. At some point, you have to stop and just be okay with who you are and what you're doing now, do right? Don't know
1: if I. So <laughs> I said, I
3: don't think I'm a good mentor. Well, I think you need stuff. to spend some more time with us. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you
1: should move your office over with us.
6: And but we, you know, you love what you do. Yeah, I, I, do. Mean, I, I, know
1: I love you getting do. up every day. I get up with a smile. I wake up early. I, you know, I, I actually. Through some exercise into my thing so I could, I figure every day I go to do cardio at the gym, I can, I get, to, I tack on two or three days of my life because I'm watching my friends have heart attacks mm-hmm. and dying and, you know, yeah. you're just like, I love it. I do. I love getting up every single day. I do.
6: And I think that, that's really what drives us. I mean, there's all those other things we talked about, but I cannot wait, especially what I'm doing now. I get up at 5:30 in the morning and I am excited that I'm here and I'm living the life that I want to live and I'm helping people and we're driving businesses. We're building community in Santa Cruz. I mean, I love it. I mean, right. And that's what gets us up. That's what keeps us up till 11 o'clock at night. Like, What else can I do? Am I doing my best? Because we all know, looking at our past, we could have done more.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. We're going to get to the top of the hour. When we get back, we're going to open up the phones and get some callers in here with questions and try to get some answers and maybe get some people into slingshot. And we got a couple other topics to talk about, too. So if the, we're at, right at the top of the hour.
0: This is KSCO 1080 Santa Cruz, KOMY AM 1340 LaSalle Beach, Watsonville. Here's CBS News.
9: CBS yes, News, I'm Pam Coulter. Battle lines are being drawn in Iraq. Shiite militias are popping up in more parts of the country as Sunni insurgents seize more cities. Sky News correspondent Sam Kiley in Baghdad.
1: They're back on the streets now in very large numbers in Basra, Baghdad, Najaf, Kabbalah, Amara, uh, cities all over the country where the Shia are are in large numbers. And they're also
9: parading with their weapons. Some of these weapons have been supplied to the Iraqi armed forces uh, clearly and have found their way into the uh, hands of the Shia militia. The Lexington Institute's Daniel Gore says every little victory by the Sunni militants brings them closer to taking over Iraq.
4: Clearly, uh, the more gains they make uh, in the area between Iraq and Syria, the better they will be able to hold on to what they have and even advance on, on Baghdad.
9: The immigration system is overwhelmed with the flood of families and illegal children pouring across the U.S. southern border. At a Nogales checkpoint, Arizona Senator John McCain said tough steps are needed. Until we provide an immediate consequence for every individual that enters illegally, People will try to come and exploit the sympathetic nature of Americans. The Obama administration is expanding the government's ability to process and deport people and trying to speed up the legal process of returning people to their home country. The House will vote on GOP-backed energy bills next week that are described as an all-of-the-above energy strategy, In the GOP Address, Michigan Congressman Fred Upton said it's a better plan than the President's. His recently announced EPA rules for power plants is going to make it harder to use all of our American resources and could well force states to ration energy, which certainly is going to make it more expensive to power our homes and factories. The President spoke about family-friendly workplace policies in his weekly address. In fact, in a new study, nearly
4: half of all parents, women and men, Report that they've said no to a job, not because they didn't want it, but because it would be too hard on their families. When that many talented, hardworking people are forced to choose between work and family,
3: something's
2: wrong.
9: A Bay Area congresswoman wants the government to regulate e-cigarettes.
3: Representative Jackie Spear of San Mateo couldn't hide her disgust as she showed off gummy bear and cotton candy flavored e-cigarettes, and marketing materials, she says, are clearly aimed at getting underage customers to try them.
2: This advertising is patently obvious. A bejeweled hello kitty doesn't appeal to 20-somethings. It appeals to tweeners.
3: Spear announced she'll introduce a bill to ban flavorings in e-cigarettes, require childproof packaging, and define them as tobacco products under the aegis of the FDA.
9: That's KCBS reporter Doug Sovereign. This is CBS News.
8: Buying a car can be a stressful experience. Well, TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. Hey, it's Leah. TrueCar.com helps car buyers get rid of the fear they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network and TrueCar users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, Go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and to lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never Never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.
0: You're listening to KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz and KOMY AM 1340, La Selva Beach, Watsonville. Today is Saturday, June 21st, 2014. Let four minutes past 11 a.m. and 61 degrees at KSCO Studios. Friendly voice, Aaron Chover, the local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather brought live to you. It's a mess out there, not as far as traffic is concerned, but we've got a lot of animal hazards in and around Santa Cruz and the Monterey area. We're going to start off with an animal hazard reported at Old San Jose Road at Olson Road, just southbound of uh, 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 Old San Jose Road. Looks like a large large white dog running is in, uh, in the roadway. Also at south road 129 at Roge Lane here in Santa Cruz. It looks like there is a cow outside of the fence and that has run into the roadway. It is unknown at this point if the cow is alive or dead. A traffic hazard in and around Monterey at South Route One at Moss Landing Road. Now it looks like this traffic hazard has uh, boxes placed, uh, boxes of lettuce in the roadway at South Route One in at Spin Drift Road in Monterey. It looks like a disabled vehicle is in, in and around the roadway. Units have been assigned to the scene shortly after the top of the hour. Your northern Monterey Bay, central coast weather forecast for today. Continuing with sunshine breaking through in the early afternoon. Highs reaching the mid-70s in Santa Cruz. In Monterey, mid-60s, Carmel, high 60s, and Salinas in the high 60s as well. With south winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Your boaters forecast for the northern Monterey Bay Central Coast. Northwest winds 15 to 25 knots. Wind waves 4 to 7 feet. Northwest swell 8 to 10 feet at 8 seconds. This is KSC AM 1080 Santa Cruz. KOMY AM 1340 La Selva Beach, Watsonville. Stay tuned for hour number two of the Saturday special. Saturday special is brought to you by Los Animas Concrete and the California Grill in Freedom. Also come by from 10 to 2 p.m. today. Dave Michaels will be here selling longevity products. And now, with our number two of the Saturday special, here is Scott Gold. <laughs> <laughs> you played the wrong thing. Stop, stop it. I suggest you stop it. There you go. Hello,
2: Darren to hang up on you, but I'm sorry baby, but I have to go, it's time for that wonderful record show, I'd love to visit, but you'll
3: have to call
7: back, KSCO.
1: i never miss playing that. I don't know what it is.
2: Go to
1: like a throwback.
3: Bye.
1: So let's go over a couple things here, and uh, we're back. Remember the we've got the Pleasure Point Street Fair going on today, which is actually the second annual Street Fair, Pleasure Point Street Fair. Apparently, we have. Some sort of background. Go ahead.
0: I have no idea.
1: How's that? There we go.
6: It's gone.
1: I know that's me. I figured it out. <laughs> uh, sound engineer too. They um, got the Pleasure Point Street Fair. You guys familiar with that?
6: I just found out about it yesterday. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Second annual. I love it.
1: They've got the street blocked off between 38th and 41st on Portola. There's a skate competition. It's uh, a <laughs> I was up there this morning, and there's just uh, handfuls and handfuls of vendors, food, shaved ice. It's it's a it's a great program. And if you guys are going up to the street fair, come down and get a book signed by Kay's Worling. She's here today, and uh, Dave Michaels is in the garage selling product and giving deals. I guess uh, what I've heard that the nicer you are to him, the better he treats you.
6: Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah.
1: There's like the uh, there's a a new restaurant that just opened up downtown. Do you guys hear about that?
6: the pizza?
1: No, it's called karma? No. Yeah, they don't have menus. You get what you deserve.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's how Dave is. It you know, he's he's doing the same kind of program. <laughs> very
3: interesting business,
1: we are opening up the phone lines. Um, this is and I'm telling you guys, this is a great opportunity to call in and pick these guys brains for free. They're not going to they're not going to charge you today, but they probably want some sort of uh kick back later on right <laughs> no. anything like 10% like Ehrlich Bachman I mean come on no
3: no we're we're a different breed of folks we really we're here to serve people at the end of the day and yeah. a lot of people think we're insane because of it and they're like oh we we're leaving so much money on the table but what we really are here to do is to help people and serve people and when there's a fit and when there's a true genuine fit and we're adding value and and there's a reciprocity going on then you know We'll come to mutual terms. We're not here to screw people I
1: like up. the fact that one of the things you guys talked about earlier, and it, and it, it applies to me directly because I have a business. It's a plug-it shirt crafter, and it was being managed by someone else, and I came back, and I was traveling a lot and doing all that. I came back, and I noticed that the business um, wasn't run right, and it was losing money. And how do you turn that around? Not, you know... Yeah, and even me, I had to learn like because we got rid of someone. I had to learn QuickBooks overnight. I had to learn all the ordering processes. I learned all of it. Matt and I is another partner of mine. We had to learn it all overnight, and we were so afraid. But there was nowhere to turn. There was no, you know what I mean? We got to find the bookkeeper. We got to find this. We got to file this. I noticed that we had incurred some uh, penalties from the IRS and state, not for money that we ever owed, which is I think is the worst thing ever. It's one thing to owe money and pay interest on that and, you know, get penalized. But to, it's cause someone forgot to file a 1120 S or a form,
3: Yeah.
1: but not once three or four times in a row. Like you would think the first time you got penalized, you'd say, man, I'm never doing that again.
6: Yeah. Put it in your calendar. Yes. Or I put like it in next year, do you it.
1: not do this. Yes. Yeah, because it costs a lot and it's just a penalty for nothing. Mm-hmm. And going into that, I didn't know you guys had this thing, or what should I do? This is what we used to make. This is what the opportunity is, and how do we manage this? How do we put together, and I and I know I talked to Andy about some of this stuff, processes, and how do I get, you know, it's really difficult. There's a, another friend of mine who owns a body shop, and he said, I could either work in the shop or I could work on my business. That's right. And the Very one, different. Yes. You spend more time working on your business, you're more profitable, you're not attached to it. You you step outside of it and you actually realize what's going on. When you're working in the business, you don't see any of that because all you're thinking about is deadlines and this and get this car out and do that. And, and I imagine you guys help with that.
6: Yes, right? we do. You're just trading time for money when you're working in your business. When you're working on your business, that's when you actually you can create true wealth and actually you learn a lot. I think one of the things that I learned also, and I think it's the truth between the three of us is who you bring into your business is important. Sometimes one of the, the issues I see uh, new business owners, small business owners, entrepreneurs do is they try to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. They, they they don't take the time to find the right person rather than they see a person and they go, oh, I'm just going to – I need my bookkeeping done, so I'm just going to stick them in there. I mean we've already had discussions like that where no – wrong person. I know you need it. you know, And, and beyond that, you want them. But they're the wrong person. You got to be patient and find the right person.
1: One of the other things along that line is having a brain trust that can actually talk Mm -hmm. in a forum like this, where we got this person. We should get rid of him. I can't. It's too much. You know, we can't afford to lose this. You know, we've been in these dilemmas. All of us have been in these these dilemmas. But usually, it's someone on the outside that says you're losing because you won't get rid of. You know, you just got to do it.
6: Just had this discussion with someone yesterday.
1: It's heavy though, because when you're in it, you're like, no, it's you know, you're morally tied to this, and that's not cool. They got a family, they got this. You just start going nuts, and you're like, oh my god, what do I do? But you guys would all sit there and say, no, you, it's got to be done. We've
6: you been know? there. We've seen companies fold because they didn't make the right decision because of one person. But they don't realize that, well, there's three other people that their lives depend on that business. And because you didn't get rid of that one, lay off those two people, the whole business folded. Well, how did that work for those other four people? Mm -hmm. And in a lot of conversations we have, we try to turn those conversations around about uh, success and doing what's right. Because there's multiple ways to seeing things. In most cases, it's not fair to the other person. Usually where those 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 issues come up is we haven't conveyed to that person exactly what we need from them, and then they are not meeting those expectations. And if it's done right – Which you sh-
1: which you can't even – and that's the hard part too. You can't blame someone for not meeting expectations when you've not even told them what the expectations are. And, and that's I've seen what that this, a lot. And that's, that's right. that's back to having systems and processes in place so that everyone – that if I hire you three guys, I give you a contract, uh, Ian, and I say you are to do A, B, and C – That's what you do. You do C, D, and E. You do – and I know exactly what you do. But I notice a lot of businesses aren't set up that way. They're just kind of fly by night and come on in and do this, and it just turns into a mess.
6: It absolutely can, especially if the entrepreneur or business owner isn't tied into their intuitions. It's fascinating to sit down with somebody, and they're they're talking to me, and, and intuitively, like, this person isn't the right person for my business, but I need them. So I'm going to stick them in there. It? And it's amazing. Six months later after you talk to them and say, you know, you, you said early on six months ago you had an intuitive sense that they weren't going to do everything you wanted them to do. And here you are six months later, and they're not doing everything that you wanted to Which do. Which so,
1: is exactly, yeah.
6: So pay attention to your intuitions. Don't, don't just throw those away.
3: Would, going back to what you said earlier on, we, I'd love to hear from anyone out there who's working in a business and is struggling with whatever they might be struggling with. Yeah, 479-1080 I mean,
1: four, four, if you have any questions. Yeah, for that's this team here. Part of
3: what we love to do is solve problems, right? right. I and mean, that's how we're we're built is to solve problems and help people think about things differently and phrase things differently.
1: I like the uh, personal problems also.
3: Yeah.
1: I like, you know, delving into their personal problems. I have a lot of experience in that, too. Yeah. So.
3: I thought
6: you said you weren't a mentor. <laughs> no, no, share. I'm not, but I like <laughs> listening to <the>
1: people's personal <laughs> problems. That's what I enjoyed when I was a police officer. You go see, you know, you get to dove into people's stuff. I don't know why. Kind of like a gossip, I guess. Too. I <laughs> like gossiping about stuff. That's why I want to hear more about Philippe Kahn and what he was like to work for.
6: Oh, Philippe! Philippe's a great guy. I've um, heard
1: all kinds of stories. It's just, and that, like he, you know, a lot of great people with great minds. And I believe that uh, we wouldn't even have camera phones to some degree if it wasn't for him. Is that true?
6: That's that's true. I mean, he's a, he's a very much a visionary person. Uh, the man does not sleep; he comes up with great ideas. Um, not only does he come up with great ideas he he implements them and he he 's got and he 's one of those people that he knows what can be done, he knows how to do it and know it can be done uh, so he 's a very driven individual and anyone below him is very driven
1: i 'm going to go out on a limb here i 've dealt with him several times and he's he 's a genius in some ways, but I think he 's socially inept in other ways, like it 's hard to Get on the same level in a conversation with him. Did people say that about
3: Steve Jobs. Well, I know. Yeah, I'm not Gates saying it in a bad
1: way, and I'm not slamming Philip Con. I'm saying it that it's some of these people, their minds work totally different, and I, he's not, you know, you having to be a buffer, or someone there had to be a buffer, like you said earlier. There's a reason why.
6: Yeah, for me, it was the the drive, right? Yeah. And some people love doing having that interaction, where at one o'clock in the morning there was a phone call or a text that they needed to answer that I did that somewhat, but not a, not to the level they did and I, um, I
1: part of this is probably stems from who he was and who he became that in the, and I say this and it 's not trying to be negative, but I look at everyone that has everyone that contacts me has an agenda. Everyone has an agenda. They call me. They come. They talk to me. There's something, and the sooner I can get to the agenda, the sooner I can move on with my life. Like if you showed up and you said, "Hey, Scott, and you're small talk," and I'd say, "Hey, Andy, I'm super busy. What do you need? What do you need? Oh, well, I need this, this, and this. All right, let's do it. I can do it, or I can't. You know what I mean? There's, there's a certain amount, and I think that might be where he was at at that point in time when I dealt with him, where he was so overwhelmed by being.
6: Good outlook because that's exactly – some people that are are, uh, as talented and are successful like him, there's a lot of people that want to attach themselves or need something from that, just like a celebrity in a lot of ways. I think that's one of the changes that I saw in Philippe from one of the early days to who he is today is that he did have a lot of people trying to uh, attach themselves to him and need things and want things from him. And We were really young back then. So that was okay, but as we get older, right? It
1: it takes up all your time. It takes up all your energy, and I I realized that partway through where I was. There was a reason why I was at work till 1:30 because certain people needed stuff, and there was a street fair, and they forgot, or you know. And I'm the type of guy that's like, hey, I can. I'll never say no. I just for some reason I want to be able to perform, make sure they do it. No one else can do it, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, it's back to that same thing. You tell me it can't be done, I'll
6: do it. Some things we've learned in life, we learn who we are, right? Yeah. And some of us like being in the celebrity uh, limelight, and others don't, right? Yeah. And if we don't, we've been there and we don't like it, uh, we interact with people in a different way.
1: So we got some callers stacking up here. Let's go to Ray, and, uh, Ray in Scotts Valley. How are you doing this morning? Oh, wait a second. Ray, you there? I want to say that i got to turn something up here. <laughs> one on. Ray, you there?
10: Yeah, I hope I am. Now Can't you are. Now?
1: I got you. Yeah, I just have to hit the right button, that's all. Hey,
10: you know, uh, yeah. it's a great program this morning. Um, I've been an entrepreneur since uh, I was 16 and uh, I'm way past that now. Um, and just just uh, picking up your program this morning was uh, just a little, little nice nice little uh, uh, gift on a, on a Saturday. Uh, I yeah, I started listening to you. Um, you had mentioned uh, the guerrilla marketing, and and that that's that's in Scotts Valley.
7: Yes, it is. Go ahead. Yeah, this oh. is this is Ian. So, yeah, I have a company oh, called yeah. Guerrilla Branders, and we're in Scotts Valley, and so we and do all I, things PR, marketing, branding, okay. whatnot.
10: I really do want I really do want to come over and uh, you know introduce myself and see see what you're doing. Uh, I I I actually got a patent uh, issued to me a while back, and there's just there's there's uh, I, I do a lot of interesting things, except make the money that I really would like to have.
6: <laughs> you got to make the money so you can make an impact.
10: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, uh, you, you are, you're behind the uh, uh, you're, you're behind the, the shopping center uh, where the Scotts Valley Market is. Is that what you?
2: I yeah, we're I right
7: behind the Scotts Valley Market and um, 5500 Butler Lane. You're welcome to come by. Be great to meet okay. you.
1: Is that an easy up, or do you, what do you got back there? Is it a container? What do you? You're just right behind the market. So it's a
3: big building.
1: Oh, there you there's go. A, there's a variety
3: of different yeah, companies yeah. that are in there. If you're if you're looking at the building, we're on the far right hand side. It's about as nine thousand. It's square the feet. first
1: driveway. Going to the first driveway, right. not the second driveway. Exactly. yes yeah, The big the big uh, red awning. Awning the big entrance. They got the main the main part of the building I'll, there. Down
10: by where the cabinet shop is, all right by. Known that guy for a long time. If, if that's right, if, if, hey, for
1: actually on the people. other side. The other side, yeah. It's that okay, back okay. As, yeah. you, as you turn. As you turn left, what's the street? It's a.
7: It's Victor Square in Butler Lane. Yeah. You'll see us. You we just have turn
1: the, and just go right into the first driveway. Yeah, it is have, confusing
3: though because I've been there totally twice. If in fact, you don't we try to change yet. the name from Butler to Victor, but that was. And then
10: who am I going to ask for? Who am I going? Uh, uh, yeah, you can ask
7: for Ian Utility, and uh, okay. we'll be there. The okay. door should be. Open, you'll see the sign for Slingshot and uh, Butler. And, you know, maybe we could uh, exchange. I'm trying to think we're on air right now, but at, at some point, exchange emails oh, yeah. or phone phone numbers, whatnot, and we can uh, schedule time for you to come by. Or you can just stop by whenever during a weekday. I'm usually there between, you know, 5 a.m. and 6 p.m. You can reach, reach Ian at Ian at GorillaBranders.com. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's it. This, Ian this, this, at GorillaBranders.com. Gorilla like the animal.
10: This is well timed, uh, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll get a kick out of what, what, what I'm, you know, what I'm involved in. But, yeah.
1: uh, I'm I, a, I'm a, a, Ray, I'm a young budding, uh, entrepreneur myself, and I'm thinking that I've kind of got an incubator right here, and I should maybe get 10% of this <laughs> before you get it,
7: right? Does nope. that make sense? You know, I would have given you 90% if only <laughs> you, you would have asked. Hey, Ray, what are you,
6: what are you designing? Can you talk about it?
1: <laughs> you say you haven't issued patent
10: oh yeah like i've got uh, uh quite quite a, a few things to uh, uh uh to just tell you about and and there's a few things that are really close to what i want to be doing and and have it have it happen and there's some other thing i did just because it's it made sense and one of those one of those aha moments where it's like oh man nobody's got one of these so i spent a whole bunch of money to, to get a patent, and I ran out of money when it was time to put it into production. <laughs> oh
1: well. <laughs> well, what industry you what, what industry are you talking about here?
10: Uh, primarily uh, uh, trans, transportation, uh, things, things connected, uh, you know, along those lines. Okay. And uh, you know, like I, I have some very I have some very nice things happening right in the Santa Cruz area, but I've been a bonnie dooner for way too long, and I just can't get off that hill. Uh, but, uh, uh yeah, I just like to come over and, uh, uh, uh just let, let, you know what, what I've got going and maybe, maybe, uh, uh do that win-win thing. Uh, sure, take, take, take some money because I, I'll, I understand. Um, but everything I've heard this morning, uh, has just been, it's just been spot on, uh, and even pointing the finger, uh, at some of the negative stuff that i am I'm aware of and I've been wanting to do something about it, you know, for the longest time now.
7: Well, I look forward to meeting you, Ray. Again, it's okay. E-N-I-A-N at GorillaBranders.com, and our address is 5500 Butler. So come on by or shoot me an email, and uh, we'll sit down, and I look forward to hearing about what you've been working on.
10: I do, I do my coffee in and, and, uh, uh, Scott's Valley most most every day, so I, can, I, I probably can right get coffee. He, three, like
1: he
7: said, hey. he gets up
10: at 4.30.
7: Yeah. So by the time really we get together, uh, I'll be ready for my second cup.
10: Yeah, I, I understand they get up at 5 o'clock routine, yeah. They, they just, <laughs> I tell you, oh, we have more hours to, 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 you know, do this. All right. All right, Ray, thank you for the call. Right. Let's
1: jump over to, uh, we're going to jump over to Kurt and Felton here. Okay, have a good day. bye You too. Thanks. I will, there it goes. Yeah. hello, this may, yay, hello you there? Kurt. Yeah,
5: Felton. yeah, I'm
1: here.
5: You know, I just wanted to bring up something, and I'm, know you guys have you guys heard napoleon hill who wrote the book uh think and grow rich
6: yeah we have all read it
5: (laughs) yeah well i think something that most people forget is that it's all about making money in it and it is but when he lists the the top 12 things that uh, make you successful the very bottom of that list is money and um i think there's so much good personal growth that comes out of uh being an entrepreneur, creating things, working on yourself, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I just think in our culture we get – I know we have to pay our bills and stuff like that, and it's not like I'm rich or anything like that, but I believe that – we get our priorities.
1: Some of the greatest job. things I've done never made me money. Some of the things I'm happiest about are the neatest things I did, and I look at them, I think, "Oh my god, this is yeah. great." There was no money attached to it, but I still am proud, more proud of those things. I look
3: at my yeah, three kids, it, and they're not making me any money these days. It yeah. costs. Well,
1: money. yeah, and I mean, if you if
5: you listen to him talk, the first thing he says it's a positive attitude. That's number one, right? And then he goes down the list, and it's, you know, it's your ability to pursue uh something you love and a hope for future achievement, your ability to share things with others. And, um you know, whenever I talk to people, oh, yeah, there's this really good book you should read. It's called Think and Go Rich. They're like, no, man, I'm not into money. And I'm like, well, either was he, but this was, book was written. Um, it, it was a long
1: it, time ago I read it, but I think it starts off with, and I'm not that well-read, so you guys can laugh all you want, but I think it starts off talking about Carnegie. Carnegie. Yeah, here's
5: what happened. I mean, yeah. basically, he got out of school, and he met with Dale Carnegie, or uh, 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 not Carnegie, uh, the uh, the steel titan, right? Yeah, yeah. Car- yeah, and 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 uh, anyway, I won't get he into it. I said he was going to end up think- owning
1: the company someday, and he did.
5: Yeah, No, he actually wound up putting a lot of time in for free to to learn about how these guys put businesses together and, and the greatest thing they enjoyed was working with others towards a goal or towards a vision. And uh, it wasn't, you know, at the end they wound up with lots of money, but that was in the end. And uh, I don't know, I just think it's a, a good thing and I think you know, we focus so much on money, and I, like I said, I get that, but I just think it's.
1: It's a lot of people focus on the money. A lot of the, uh, I listen to a lot of callers that call up here and they complain about these people that are successful and they should take, we should take their money from them. You know, you can take money from anybody and they'll always be successful. You know that? That. People that are successful and are driven, they'll always do something. They, it's easier and easier for them as they get older. You know?
6: That is so true. And I think uh, if you study or work with as many entrepreneurs and successful people that I have, the key ingredient that all these people have—it's not money. It's they have a vision. Right. I mean, just talk about uh, Steve Jobs. We talked about him earlier. You talk about Philippe Kahn. You talk about uh, some of these these people, and, and sometimes even a restaurant owner. Right? We can talk about the the little people that are just as successful. They're focused on something. They have a vision, a love of what they do, and the money comes after that. I mean, for example, my mom worked ten hours at a restaurant to be successful.
1: But one of the things that bugs me about like the, some of the mindsets and, and you know some of the things that I listen to from our public, I should say is that you gotta realize if it wasn't for certain people we wouldn't have the car, we wouldn't have the cell phone, we wouldn't have that. none of these things would happen. These people went out and they did this. If you made this country, if you went and uh, let's say I said, all right, everyone's just gonna get a flat rate for what they do. No one can prosper. No it's not a capitalist system. You know how I many people wouldn't try to do anything? And it's proven you'd go the other direction.
6: Mr Scott, I think people get confused about the entrepreneur and the rich. I mean, I have quite a few conversations right. mm-hmm. about that is uh, people talk about the rich, and what they 're really talking about in that frame of mind, and they don 't really know it is they 're talking about the one percent people
1: yeah but when i when i 'm talking about this i 'm talking about they they mention people that have been you know like Steve Jobs, he has so much money or this person has they should just go to him and take. Bill Gates, he should take his money. Well, Bill Gates is an entrepreneur. He earned it. Yes, right? he earned it. He earned it. And to go after these people for doing something and putting everything on the line, if you take that away, like I said about the kids, they don't. What are they? What are they striving for? What do they believe? If, if they are, they, are we sucking the life out of them for them to go out and try to do the best they can? Every one of those kids could be a Bill Gates. Every one of them could be
6: look at Zuckerberg. Yeah. Overnight. I mean look at Zuckerberg just bought a um virtual reality company. Very young. one point uh, three billion dollars, I think. It started out of San Francisco uh four years it took him to develop it. So anyone can do it.
1: Yeah, so don't suck the, that's what I'm talking about. And yeah. I do get the I get there's the Rockefellers, but even the Rockefellers, when you look at the history of John D. Rockefeller and all of them and what they did, he was an entrepreneur. He sure. built that empire off of taking a chance. You know, you read the stories about that and you, you know, he, hey, I could save money if I bought the railway because I'm shipping this. If I dry this and it's lighter, I can ship more. You know what I mean? He, he constantly just, whether, and there's some negative sides to everything too. Don't get me wrong. There's, I'm not going to gloss over the fact that a lot of these people do stuff too that isn't exactly right. You got to pick and choose your battles on that one. All I'm saying is you take a chance. You do that. If you take that away. Where is our industry. Why is this country so great? Why did it? Why is it continuing to be great? Because we're able to go out and do anything we want to do and really. make it happen.
9: Yes, yeah. absolutely. I've and got I a quote so well. up
3: in my office that says, "There's never been a genius without a touch of madness," which I think is very fitting. But you're, we're speaking to you know personality traits and personality yeah. types and. For people to think differently than the status quo, oh, I'll just get a, a regular job working somewhere because it's stable and secure. And for someone to say, no, I'm actually going to build something unique and different and control it and own it and grow it. It's a totally different mindset, totally different attitude. Um, and to be successful at that, I mean, that's a lot of what we're talking. When we say we want to work with good people, um, we want to work with people who kind of have that. Mentality that mindset, little madness. Yeah, that little bit, of, that little touch of madness, because mm-hmm. you need that in yeah. order to to really succeed. Because if you don't have that, and someone says no, sorry, this isn't going to happen, you're going to believe. Oh well, no, this person said no, mm-hmm. can't happen, right? But you know, just well, uh-huh. we all do. That drives. The you second someone says no, I'm like, well, screw that. How, how do I make this? Or I'm going to make this happen. How do I make this happen? Who do I need to go to? How do I get around that situation? Like the ABCs of sales. Mm -hmm. Always be
1: closing. Kurt, what do you do for a living?
10: Well, um, I've had several
5: different careers. I'm an architect and a realtor, and um, I'm kind of merging those two to help people. But um, also, I'm a person over 50 who's found that there's a lot of people, when you get to a certain age group, you better create something because the jobs aren't out there like... uh, I mean, like they say, it is. It's just not. You know, if you're over a certain age, you got to create it for yourself, and you got to enjoy it, and then you got to create spots in your day where you can do other things you enjoy, so you don't burn out. And that's the other thing is, uh don't let your business consume you. Qual- you quality you. of life. Yeah, because it's not. It's not a long term gig. You know, creating I a mean,
1: quality talking- of life today is different. From you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, it's so fast paced now it's hard to not get consumed every minute of yeah, the that's, day.
5: That's why you have to redefine what it truly means to be successful and mm-hmm. why, like you know, like I said, there's Napoleon Hill. there's guys like Jim Rohn, but you know and and you get caught up in the money thing. I think everybody does, but you know. It's also about quality relationships with people. Greed, and the greed
1: kills the best deals, too. Yeah. Greed always yeah. kills the best deals. Exactly. And relationships. Yeah. Greed yeah. kills the best relationships, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, listen, Kurt, we gotta we got to jump over to MZs in yeah, New York. Sounds good. Thank you. I hate to leave him on there too nice long. Nice to meet you, Kurt. Thanks for calling
7: in. Thank you. MZ.
11: Yeah, hey, Scott.
9: New York how you, guys? I'm
11: really enjoying the program. It's my kind of program. I'm a little sad, though, because I get the feeling that there aren't jammed phone lines. And I don't understand. Am I right? Or are there jammed it's phone actually,
1: lines? It's actually kind of nice that it's not so stressful. We've had a few calls that they've said it's an enjoyable program. All right. Okay. I, guess uh, that's uh, I, think, I think week after week of uh, being stressed out, uh, is kind of nice to be able to discuss something and not have so much controversy, and especially on a Saturday morning.
11: Okay, yeah, I, I can I can buy that, and in fact, yeah. I think it would be great to use the radio station to do more than just itch about politics. This is,
1: these guys are the perfect yeah. guys that we should talk to. Also, yeah, if you, really,
11: really, you know, um, you know,
1: to move to move uh, programming along and advertising and that whole thing here is, you know, there's uh, a there's a yeah. gap here. Actually, in the station well, where we well, meet. well,
11: the, the the whole definition of success notion, you know, traditionally most I would think most people define success as to whether it makes money and the degree of success is the amount of money it makes, you know, presumably as a profit when all the bills are paid. But you know, there there might be a different way to look at that, and uh, and and I don't know. I was thinking. Uh, who was it? one of the guests? Was it Ian who said that uh, that he gets excited to get up in the morning at five five a.m. or five, PM, whatever it is. I think
1: that was all of us. I I that was right? all of us. Everybody. Okay, I guess.
11: okay. Well, that's good. I think that would be a great definition of success. Hmm. If you are excited about getting up, you just can't wait to start the day because hmm. you're passionate about what you're going to be doing and executing ideas, seeing what works and what doesn't, and. And I think that is a great definition of
6: success. Well, there's so many different uh, definitions of success, and it's, it's not tied to money. I mean, we've helped people travel around the world because that's what they wanted to do. I mean, their whole intent was I want to, I want to circle the globe. I want to learn new cultures, and we help those people do that, and that's their success. They love it.
11: Yeah, yeah, just just doing, enjoying what you're doing. I mean, that's the key. It, it, even if you don't make money. If you, you can't afford to lose my most people can't afford to lose money for for very long but even even those people I guess are successful if they just keep doing it and not giving up and however it however it however they can get to where they want to be you know and if where they want to be is simply not being sad or not being depressed or, or or just being excited about getting up at five in the morning or earlier.
1: Yeah, moving yourself out of positions that uh, you shouldn't be in is a, is a difficult thing, whether it be personal or business or anything else. Uh, generally, um, I think a lot of people have a hard time moving themselves into that happy position or that happy place. Uh, you know, I know I, I think about it all the time. Why aren't I happy? Well, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do this, and it's not so easy to do. A lot of people struggle with that.
6: I think it goes back to what Sean talked about, too, is uh, knowing what's possible. Um, there's times in my life where I was depressed, and someone came into I my life. find it hard to believe. Yeah. yeah, well, no, I'll tell you about that sometimes. Uh, I was depressed. And uh, and it came and someone that said, you know, here, here's what's possible, right? And it changes everything.
1: I thought I was so, the only
11: one who oh, said yeah, One, from one little meeting with, with an inspirational person can, can take you out of that depression, is what you're saying. But that's what happened to you.
3: Well, it's, it's that touch of madness that I was talking about. I think all of us. I think all of us. I've gone through series of depression myself. Just because you're looking at what you want to make happen, what you think you should be able to make happen, and it's not there in front of you, and you're like, "What the heck is going on here?" You know, I'm putting forth everything I have, and the universe has told me that this should be happening, and it's not happening. Why is it not happening?
1: But I, I think a lot of that. Those certain books you read, or we all have read the same books, which is funny. But like. For me, I picked up Failing Forward again. I read it years ago. For some reason, I just wanted to read it again because to, to assure myself that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and what I want to do and I'm not, you know what I mean? It, it gives you just a glimmer of hope sometimes and that's all it takes. And it, you know, we don't, reminder. Yeah. Yeah. That, hey, I am doing what I love to do and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't gauge my level of success off of money. I never have, so it, that's a tough one to do because what you think you are worth and what you, you know, yep. that, that's a deadly game.
6: But I think that's one of the uh, stories that changed
1: my
11: life. Were
1: you at the racetrack, Michael? I'm
11: in Manhattan. You know, mm-hmm. I I did a radio uh, uh, seminar here on uh, yesterday, so.
1: All right. Well, we're going to jump play. off. We oh, got oh. Rick and Scott's Valley on hold. Oh, good. This is the phone calls. Great.
11: <laughs> yeah. Have a good one, you
2: guys. All right. See later. You. Thanks. See nice you.
1: The the computer. Hold on a second, Rick. We're jumping over. It just to, this this computer's a little slow, and I don't think now is the time to restart it. Uh Ricky, there. Yes. Rick and Scott's Valley. Go ahead.
6: Hey, Andy. Is that you? It's me.
4: How you doing, Rick? <laughs> this is Rick. Hey, this is Rick Copycat Bible Study.
6: Right. How you doing?
4: I'm doing well. You guys are having a great program here. I'm really really intrigued with everybody's stories and stuff. I just uh I have another um avenue for people who well, I guess you could say they're less motivated to uh become an entrepreneur or business owner of their own is to be able to MacGyver their way into being more of a productive employee. And um I was put out of the uh, entrepreneur uh, cycle during the '80s when we had the first meltdown with the FSLIC. I don't know if your group is uh, familiar with that, but that was our first banking crisis. So I've had to work for people who, uh, you know from '78 on, had my contractor's license and everything, but I was never able to use it after the Feds kind of just didn't pay me a few bucks. So anyway, I ariivever ideas like learning to draw in Excel. And, and uh, being able to have a cheap program to do drawings, I do full working set drawings, construction drawings, permit drawings for houses, remodels, so on and so forth. Never, and I don't do them on AutoCAD. I do them on Excel. And um, when I, my wife was bragging on me one time and said that uh, one of her customers, she has a sewing business here in Scotts Valley, and one of her customers, she said that he used to own a high-tech business and, and that uh, – you should talk to my husband. He taught himself to draw in excel. And he goes, really? He says, yeah, I'll have to do that. So one day he came in and kind of started cueing me and he says, you guys are really entrepreneurial. Your wife's a seamstress, you're doing a side job with your drawing, working for somebody else. And he says, I love that entrepreneurial spirit. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. Well, I got started a while back. I was able to retire. <laughs> He goes, I I helped a guy do a startup. He said he he was the brains, he was the idea, but he needed a CFO, and I wrote him a business plan. And uh, we we took off and did real well, and then I sold out. And uh, and I asked him, well, what was the name of the business? He said Applied Motions.
1: Where's Applied Motions at?
4: Applied, applied motions is, uh, aren't they, a, uh, maybe I got the name wrong. Aren't they a company in San Jose that's quite large?
1: I haven't heard of it myself.
4: Right. Well, anyway, they, they, they do have a, um, a company over there. It's, it's pretty good size. But anyway, he was excited about the entrepreneurial spirit to the point where he was, he did the same thing, but he said for people that don't, uh, have the ability to, in, I don't know. To pierce that veil, tell them to make themselves more productive as an employee, and they'll start making more money. So MacGyver your way into being more productive with your own ideas.
1: When you, and when, then you tell me, when you talk to me about uh, drawing on Excel, it, it it makes me think of like drawing on an etch sketch or something. I don't know why it just sounds so archaic to me. I don't know why. Well, see, you know
4: it's it's funny because as an older I'm I'm 65 in November I made a living drawing by hand on graph paper yeah so everything everything in excel if you if you squeeze the cells down to a 12 pixel and an 8 pixel you you reduce it and you create masters which are linked to a, a printer driver and you can print everything from, eighteen, you know, 8.5 by 11 to
3: 24 by 36. Why not create AutoCAD think, or one of the other yeah. programs that are specifically designed for those types of applications?
4: Because um, what I do as far as an as-built, um, I, I'm able to do it, uh, number one, old guys and AutoCAD aren't friendly. <laughs> so... The learning curve, and they changed it so much, and the cost was prohibitive at the time because they were sixty five hundred dollars. And I had I had Excel on my pro, you know, on on my uh, office, so I started messing with a two D sketchpad. I I ran an AutoCAD team of well, there was six draftsmen and one one CAD captain, and we put about seven hundred thousand square foot of schools in the ground from these drawings. But I never learned AutoCAD. I could talk the language and do all of that. But to give them a, a, a sketch of something that I wanted them to draw, I wanted it to be clear. I didn't want it to be by hand.
3: So you, My hacked, you hacked, so hacked a solution together that would work for you. Yep. Yeah, pretty yep. creative.
6: I mean, you know, one of the things that you talked about is entrepreneurship and uh, being a great employee. Uh, entrepreneurship really isn't for everybody at at all times. I mean, I think everyone is born to be an entrepreneur, to, to be creative, and to live the life in which they want to live. And sometimes you can do that as an employee. And I think the younger generation is kind of figuring that out. Uh, the new companies that are launching are flexible, and they allow these people to I, – I, the person that I think the most of when we're talking about this stuff is a, a Richard Branson. I mean, Richard yeah. Branson really – I mean, if I have a mentor, it's him. And because he does everything in social enterprises, he finds people that fit into the right position – uh, and lets them uh, expand in that position alone, which uh, which is just great for business. So,
1: I like the story about him too. That when he was interviewed, and they said the guy that the host was saying,
6: "Man, you're such a
1: great man, and you're what an investor. You're an incredible investor, an entrepreneur." And he goes, "I'm a horrible investor. He's out of 108 investments, I think." Four of them are successful. <laughs> he goes, "Don't follow what I invest in; it's wrong." He goes, "I'm just hey guys." One moving.
4: thing, and I'll get one thing, and I'll get off the line for another caller. Um, best two books I've ever read: Jason Jennings' uh, "Less is More" yeah. and James Gerber, "Entrepreneurial uh, Myth, E Myth.
3: Yep. yep. Right. Right. Entrepreneurship. Yep, yep, yep. It's a good one.
1: Right, right on, on. on, Rick. Thank Don't you very go. much for the call. Bye.
5: Bye.
1: I don't know if I dropped that caller or not. If I did, just call back, yeah, well,
7: while we wait for the next call? I was clicking on things, and I think i
6: yeah one of the things okay. that uh that's really interesting about this whole discussion is is what is success, and I think a lot of people get um they are sold on the idea that success is money, and if you really look at a lot of entrepreneurs, it has nothing to do with money, and I think one of the things that we intend to do. Is uh, one of the other projects working on at Slingshot is Slingshot TV. Yeah. And uh, I know we've talked about that, Scott, and we've done a couple of pilots. Very excited about it. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Never
1: been invited up for the pilots yet, but,
6: you know. We got to make you a I'm mentor first boy. and then you're you'll be I'm yeah. on standby. Yeah, we need yeah. your
3: buying to be a mentor and then we'll go. I'll be He's a, mentor a natural then, mentor. All
6: right, right I man. Um, and it's all it about taking that kind of stuff and It's got to actually... be
1: better than Storage Wars. That's no, horrible.
6: It, it well again, our whole <laughs> st- It better be a
1: true story this time. I don't want it to, is. to find out your plant and stuff in there. And...
6: It's live. It's um it's real. It's helping people. It's of service. It's it's capturing what we're talking about uh right now on TV. Real entrepreneurs, real struggles, Uh, and it's of service. We actually help them right on camera. We show them exactly what they need to do. People can watch it and go, oh, you know what? That's me. I get it. I I didn't understand how I needed to do social – uh, marketing. Now I get it. I understand. So we like
1: getting some people's faces and just tell them, "You
6: don't get it. You don't get it. Do you?"
1: Just screaming at them and like in the back room. Now you go out there and put your big boy pants on and act like a business owner. You understand me? No, you know, what's funny is the first you know, I'll episode. I'll do that for you. I'll just make shit. I'll make oops. I'll make stuff up. So Scott, I get going. I start swearing. The
6: first episode we had actually we had uh, Sean, me, and some other people that were working with a lady that did lice removal. Her name's Nitless Noggins, Marcy. Quillen, wow God and, and then she's sitting out. there and she's explaining and she, and Sean sitting back in his seat is like what are we talking about lies? there's yes. no money what, what, what did you get me into and as she explained her business model and they started explaining her issue uh, Sean started sitting up in his seat and he's like you can make money doing that and then she explained how much money and how many actually how many people she was actually helping with her service. He, lice? You say? Yeah, lice. Yeah, that's lice disgusting.
3: Little, exactly. That's what he Horrible. said. I said, "This is the most disgusting, but the most intriguing yeah. and profitable business model I've seen in the last, you know, quarter, the last six months." It's, she's got an amazing business on her hands, and it's removing lice. I mean, Ugh. again, it's disgusting, God, gross. And as she's explaining me. what she does, and I'm like, I don't even like, I don't want to hear about this. But I do, it's fascinating what you're doing and how you're doing it. You wanted to go remove some lice, come on.
6: Oh no, he starts scratching
3: yeah. his head oh. as, we're, as we're talking and about
1: then it. she's doing it and she's there. I'd be, scared. I'd be like, whoa, how many.
6: But that's the kind of episode we were shooting where you see people's personalities come out and, and Ian's talking about certain aspects of her business and, uh, you know, all kinds of different businesses coming through with different issues. And we want well, to capture all that.
1: Well, like I said, if you need someone to go sideways every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I think they call it the wild card sure. factor. You'll be our wild card. Hey, I'm 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 saying my services are Some ready, people though. need that. I I agree.
3: Hey, let's, if it let's took let's, 2 hours on air with you to get you to commit to that then it was worth it for
1: us. <laughs> I will commit to whatever you want. He knows I'm I'm game, man. Uh here we go with uh, Michael and Carmel by the Sea. Good good afternoon, morning. Good I morning, listened to morning. you
4: guys and something struck home that uh Coming up with ideas constantly and trying to focus in on one or two, and that's where I'm at. I've got something halfway in progress and other ideas on the drawing boards, and I guess I'm stuck. You know, and so I don't know how to specialize in.
6: Yeah, I've got to finish one. Uh, Slingshot. You know, you can't – some of the sayings that you hear me talk about if you're ever at Slingshot is, if you can't handle a single stoop, scoop, how are you going to handle two? Yeah. And how you can handle three. You gotta be able to take one idea and bring it to market and learn that whole process uh, and then you can take it on to other projects.
3: Hey Michael, I, I literally I've talked to maybe two or three entrepreneurs a month that come to me with that exact same thing and, and it strikes home for me as well. And I I can promise you that if you close your eyes and you meditate on all the different projects that you have and you just ask yourself, which one of these do I care the most about? Which one am I most passionate about? That that one will rise to the top. And whatever that one is, that's the one you need to focus on. Um, and I would just, you know, spend the time doing that when, wherever wherever you need to go, where you can get into that place where you can tap into that inner inner voice and just listen to that gut that we were talking that Andy was talking about earlier. But that gut will guide you; it will tell you exactly what you need to do. And then the well, next, it has so far,
4: time. and every door is opened, and so I'm kind of like almost ready to launch. So, how do you get a hold of you guys? You just go to your website. What's your website?
6: It's slingshotsv.com. Okay. Is uh, the website, or you can uh, send an email to Andy at slingshotsv.com. Either one of those.
3: It's A N D Y. Okay.
1: Okay. I enjoyed the whole program. Great. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. The other thing that you were uh, talking about right there, meditating on that and thinking that, and, you know, some people think that you know meditation, however you want to do it, where you just sit and you open up your mind. The next thing to do is how do you visualize? And that's what I have to do. I have to visualize and what does that thing look like and what do I expect it to be here six months, a year, how can I do that? And that sets up my goals for me to know that by this date, hard date, I want to be here. By this yeah. date, if you don't have that ability to do that, you're never and I don't think a lot of people do. It's hard to do that, to move to motivate yourself. You know, having ideas and doing all that doesn't mean you're a motivator, doesn't mean you're gonna move forward and that's where you guys come in. Yeah. Well you that's where accountability that comes in. You guys map that out and make sure.
3: The accountability – I mean, I don't know how many people you have that you meet with or talk with on a regular basis. But for me, if I didn't have the accountability network that I have of these two guys and some other close friends of mine that are also entrepreneurs, like the Life Aid guys, um, we meet on a regular basis. We talk on a regular basis because we have to. You're like accountability buddies. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Whether it's men's groups or whether it's just phone calls with buddies, right? We check in on a regular basis. Hey, you said you were going to do X, Y, and Z. How far along are you with those things? And if you're not there, you know, my buddies will come on me and they'll be like, what's wrong? Like, you need to get on this. That's
1: that thing where the wild card comes out and starts screaming at you. Exactly. You know?
3: And some people need that motivation. They need that wild card motivation. Yeah.
1: Like, what is wrong with you?
6: Well, you know, it's not only goal setting. Uh, One of the things about having a great group of people like Ian and Sean around me is it holds you accountable to your ethics, integrity, and honesty. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy to shift off that, that balance and not even know it.
1: How um, do you shift onto it? Shift off of it? No, onto it.
6: Uh, you focus that's on it.
1: That's yeah, <laughs> I am. I want to focus on those
6: things. And sometimes, even me, I, I think I'm a an integral person, uh, but sometimes I, I'll make a decision that doesn't look as much. And people come into my life and say, well, that's really not your focus, not your goal, and you're shifting.
3: But how do you shift onto it? You surround yourself with people who are. I was joking. Yeah. That's I got. A, it. But that's, I like it's to not easy for in, some people. I like
6: to hit the heroin. Open up, you know.
3: <laughs> it's, not, it's not. easy. But if you you have to identify who the people are in your life that are bringing you forward and bringing right. you up and that are encouraging you um, and maybe inspiring you or giving you that tough love or the, you know, the surround
1: yourself. You know, my dad used to he used to give me some. Uh, pointers here and there along the line you know here tidbits of fatherly advice that i remember but he always said surround yourself with people that you want to be like or yep you know don't uh it's like when you go golfing go with someone that's really good that's the best person to golf with it's the same idea in business be with someone that's a good businessman hang out with them pick up their tips and stuff the other thing he said that really, the, I think one of the best things he ever told me is if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, rethink your tactics. You did something wrong. Hmm. Which was the best one, I think. That's yeah, interesting.
6: It's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. <laughs> you
1: guys just shut you down on that one, didn't it?
3: Well, you got to think of on that. One. Wild card. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> it's true, though. There's no such thing as a fair fight.
6: No, you're right. There is no. Yeah, no. so
1: you set yourself up for failure on that one. So, back to shifting, like you said, shifting off of or shifting back to. Uh, yeah, I have a group of people that I genuinely, you know, r- routinely converse with about issues. They have issues, I have. It's like a kind of a a group of guys that uh, all deals with some similar problems in it. You know, I know there's different groups like that, but and I know you guys have it within yourselves too, outside of slingshot. You guys obviously came together for a reason. So,
6: Well, sometimes those groups are the ones that make the biggest impact in your life. I mean, one of the examples is when I lived out in Germany, um, I wanted to connect with the American-German Society, so I, I connected. And the interesting thing is all these guys were 65, 70 years old, and they, they were my heroes when I went into the room and started these conversations. I'm like, oh, my God, these are the guys I want to be like. I want to have the 15 homes and the jet and all these things. Oh, my God. And what was interesting is I actually sat down in discussion, found out that that they wanted that same thing, too, when they were younger. But what they ended up with in their 65-, 70-year-old age uh, running these big companies over in Europe is that they didn't have a wife. They didn't have – didn't know their kids. uh, They would have done it differently when they were younger, and that made a huge impact in me uh, when I was younger. And those kinds of groups – it was only – I think I had three meetings with those guys. Yeah. And it made such an impact.
3: Yeah. One of the key things for me, um, and I I've spent endless hours talking with Ian about it, but is trying to find life to decathletes, right? So I could be the gold medal track star if I wanted to be, or the. Javelin thrower. But that's not what I want. I want to be a gold medal decathlete in life, right? So whether it's my personal, my spiritual, my family, my business, the relationships I have with my, I want all these things to be maybe not the top individually in their field, but across them all, I want to be pushing, you know, on that top, that top level. Um, so for me, that's my focus, is it's not just the money or just the business or just my family. Um, it's all of them that I'm trying constantly to keep at a certain level of of um, success, right?
1: And actually, with that, you're trying to improve on all of them all the time. Right. And that's the key. If you think that you have things licked and you've got it handled, you don't. And you're looking past it. You can always improve on all of them. Yep. Oh, Always. I feel that way. I, I read an obituary one night. Years ago, and I read this guy's obituary, and it was, it was honestly, uh, two and a half pages in the newspaper, and it was incredible. I read like a book. This guy did. and fought in two wars. He, he uh, owned st- uh, gas station chains. He he owned a supermarket chain. He started from the ground up. He he did. I read this thing, and I was just like, what have I done? And I think that's the biggest thing that's driven me over my life. Is it. <clears throat> as depressing as that sounds to read obituaries, they're actually very interesting to read people's lives. And I thought, what have I done, and what can I do? Mm-hmm. And I just I want to live the most fulfilled life that I can live. Period. Yep. And I'm trying to achieve that every day. That's why I say I go home every night and think, if I like, could I have done more. You know.
6: Yeah, I think uh, the taglines for Slingshot Slingshotsv.com is really uh, knowledge, momentum, impact. I mean, that's really the three pillars that we, we work on, is we want people to have the knowledge that they've got to do something, right? And we want to get them in momentum. And we also want an impact in their family life, in their finances, in their success, and all those things.
1: Yeah, being able to be successful, like you said, has got to be defined by the person themselves. So that's an interesting one. You know, you could probably ask them that. What do you think success is? And are you there? You obviously aren't there because you guys are coming to talk to us, so. How can we get you there?
6: And are we successful? I mean, I think you've asked all of us. We probably don't believe we're entirely successful because, yeah. like you, we have a new vision and we're like, "Oh, I want to make more of an impact," or "I want to make, you know, the next. I want to take the next step."
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm there with you on that one. Right. I have so many goals and dreams. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> I'd like to move from a single wide into a double wide trailer. I mean, I got some real things I'm planning on doing.
6: Awesome. <laughs> We're going to help you get there.
1: And I'm talking used. I'm not talking new. I'm not some <laughs> high-fluting. card. Yeah. Wild card. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys coming in today, and I hopefully the, yeah, uh, thanks for the invitation. get some calls in here, and we get back in here and uh, maybe do some work with the station, too.
6: I hope so. I've, entrepreneurialism yeah. is really what's going to help this economy. Just like That's the right. earlier caller talked about, uh, there's a group of people 50 and above they, they can't get jobs and they're coming to us saying you know i have this idea i have this ability I, you know i can't get the money i used to and those are the people all classes we want to well, help
3: the key is also two-thirds of the american public are small business owners i mean right. or two-thirds of businesses are small business owners so for us we're not looking we don't need to be building billion dollar businesses we want yeah, i to help. think
1: that's a, a misconception too that people all think that it has to be some big thing it's not like you said you help the lady you know you're cleaning up the lice thing and you got